Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my patiently waiting girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much? It's been a good week here. It's November 8th, 1997. It is. I'm going to stop that after the new year. Are you? Yeah. I don't think you are. I am. I think that you won't be able to. It's too ingrained in you. It was, what, stop, what do you think I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the weird stuff you do when you're doing the intro. I don't know. Well, okay, what's the weird stuff? No, what are you going to stop doing? No, I want to know what you're talking about. I want to know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? (laughs) What? (laughs) Am I a fucking uh, uh, Mujahi? What was that in Afghanistan? Oh my God, no, that is not what I was doing. (laughs) Or whatever they did, right? I don't, Mujahin, I don't know exactly what Afghan it is, war. but when you were like, it is November, I don't know, 8th or whatever, and then you're when like... I say hello, everybody? But no, but you, you did a thing where you're like, ah. What the fuck? <laughs> was I hallucinating? Maybe. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna have to go back and listen to the tape. You were seeing a vision of God, but it was Llama God. It's just oh, like, la, 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 la. <laughs> It's just like when I thought that Spike was coming on to Buffy and then he wasn't. Yeah. It was Lollapalooza God. I, <laughs> no, it's Richie Valens that you saw. <laughs> Should have told him not to get on that plane. Let Shut Waylon up. Jennings die. We don't need a Dukes of Hazard theme song. Um, no, all I did was hello, everybody. There you go. That's what you did. <laughs> you did a thing. You make me feel like I'm crazy. <laughs> you make me feel like I'm a crazy woman. Gaslight. Right. Um, no, that's not what I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop the, you know, Damn. my... <laughs> I will never stop. <laughs> I'm going to stop the my, whatever, my patiently waiting girlfriend, Carol. Oh, no, you're not. Yeah, I am. You've been doing that for four years. You're going to stop? I've been doing that for four years. Yeah, you have. I haven't been. No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't been giving you adjectives, descriptors before you. Is I, it because Ray Romano does it? Well, no, does, you don't want to do it anymore. He does? What are you talking about? <laughs> Every time he walks in from work... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says to his wife, like, hey, hot pants. Hey, you know. Right. Deborah. Sexy lips. That's another one of my great impersonations. (laughs) Deborah. That does not sound like Ray Romano. That sounds like Tony Danza. I can't do his voice. (laughs) Uh, He's like Kermit the... He's like Kermit T. Frog, but like... Deeper. Uh, Deborah. I can't do it. It's like Kermit and Tony Danza had a baby. (laughs) I could see that. Kermit Danza. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's an old joke I could tell. It's a long joke. There's a lot of old jokes you could tell. Ah! I know. Grandpa. I'm such a grandpa. No, this frog walks into a bank. Okay. He walks up to one of the tellers. Uh, it says Mrs. Whack. 
and uh, he says, "Hey, um, I uh, I'd like a loan," and she goes, "But you're a frog." He's like, "He's like, yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, I'm 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 a famous frog." And she's like, "What's your name?" And he says, "Kermit." She goes, "No, you're not. You're not him." He's like, "No, I'm not. I'm not Kermit the Frog. I was named after Kermit the Frog. My name's Kermit Jagger." I, uh, I'm Mick Jagger's son. Mick Jagger had sex with a frog. (laughs) And they had me. And she's like, okay, well, so what do you, he's like, I want a new lily pad. So I need a loan. And she goes, okay. Uh, so do you have any collateral? He's like, well, I have this. And he hands her a little pink elephant. It's like a jewel encrusted little pink elephant. And she's like, I, let me talk to the bank manager. I don't know. So she goes to the bank manager, knocks on the door. He's like, oh, Patty, come in. Her name's Patty. And uh, she's like, there's a, a frog out there, uh, Kermit Jagger. Says he wants a loan for a new lily pad. He gave me this for collateral. What? What is this thing? And he looks at it and he goes, let me see that. Oh, that's a, that's a knickknack, Patty Whack. Give that <laughs> frog a loan. His old man's a rolling stone. Oh, Jesus. Who taught you that joke, your dad? <laughs> the streets, Carol. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so awful. The streets of pre-war Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, no, I just this year I started doing, I don't know, it became a bit. I don't know if you noticed, but I don't know exactly when it started, but me giving you a descriptor before saying your name. Hmm. But I'm not going to do that anymore. After the new year. But why? why wait? fuck do you like anything i do on this show (laughs) i like when you smile at me (laughs) when i rub your feet like i'm doing right now she's getting fucking pampered that's the theater of the mind she's not telling you while she's insulting me the fuck (laughs) oh i tried to be a sadomasochist once i wanted to be uh, the sadist, but apparently you have to start out as a masochist. Okay. Didn't realize. <laughs> you had to move up the ranks. Interesting. You're supposed to have a safe word. Mm-hmm. My safe word was boring. Didn't really work out. Kind of gave the opposite impression. The fuck? Oh, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> That's a thinker. <laughs> um, You guys will, will, you know, realize that the fun of that one on your way home. <laughs> All right, I've got some news. Do you though? Maybe. I have some news. Yeah, you, you are you are you? What do you do? What's your news? <laughs> that you're crazy. Okay, called your bluff. I guess. <laughs> what about Top Secret Tuesday, Carol? What about it? Mad about Top Secret. Mad about you, News Radio, Frazier. Just shoot me. How's that top secret? I don't know. That's just, that's how they're, it's weird. That's how they're, they're billing it in the newspaper here. But, uh, are you familiar with, uh, Jane's addiction? Of course. The Jane's gang find that addiction is hard to kick. The fuck? Yeah. So the Jane's crew certainly hasn't fallen off the rock radar since Pharrell disbanded the group in 1992. 
Uh, shortly after his arrest for possession of crack cocaine, Oof. Pharrell stayed busy supervising his fledgling Lollapalooza festival while working with Perkins, and we talked about Lollapalooza, in the band Porso, or, or sorry, Porno for Pyros. And Porso. Porno. Porso. Porno. <laughs> what? Is that joke still <laughs> under construction? Put some yellow cones around it. The fuck was that? I don't know. Continue. <laughs> it looks like Porso because of the, the smudge. Porn over Pyros. And, uh, Gotta love newspaper. And uh, Na- Navarro. Anyway. Uh, he joined Flea in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Or in the Chili Peppers in 1994. So, uh, yeah, it's just... They're, they're talking about how it's... The band is still relevant after... Five years of hmm. being disbanded. What do you think? Sure. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out. Poor Sofa Pyros. <laughs> still trying to figure out the joke. <laughs> I left my brain way back there. <laughs> Did, uh, do you like any of Jane's addiction? I do. All right, good. What's your favorite? Um. Okay, let me think about what it's called. Is that when it goes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that a, is that a Jane's Addiction song? Not at all. <laughs> you know what song it is? Yes. <laughs> Are I, you sure it's not Jane's Addiction? Oh, I'm 100% <laughs> positive it's not Jane's Addiction. Um, it's called... Um, that, that is funny, though. Breathe it in and breathe it out. Pass it on, it's almost out. Yep. I don't know the name of that song. So creative, so much. We're just we're just gonna get the we're just gonna get this tape. Uh, this will be exhibit. This a. is our demo tape. This will be exhibit A in our legal defense. <laughs> um, yeah, it's called Addict, I think. Um, yeah, but it's not by Jane's Addiction. No, honey, it's not. I, I'm trying to remember who's okay. Well, what's your favorite Jane's Addiction song? Oh, it's called "Not an Addict." Yeah, Case Case Choice sings that song. Hmm. Okay. I literally just always thought that it was a uh, Jane's addiction. Yeah. Because they're talking about addiction. I guess. Do you think the song "Lithium" is about uh, is by uh, um, Jane's addiction? <laughs> People are addicted to lithium, you weirdo. Well, what what's a psycho? <laughs> I don't know the the movie Psycho. Anyway, familiar face faces reappear on George and Leo's episode. <laughs> Did you know that? No. You've heard of George and Leo? No. Uh, let's see. Have you? Yeah. No, I haven't. Um, Gonzo for gimmicks pumped up on ploys. I what? Don't know, I don't know what that means. Gonzo's a Muppet baby. What are they talking about? Uh, <laughs> oh, uh. Ma'am, he grew up into a Muppet man. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's Mike Duffy. You know how he is. It's the November sweeps, and numerous guest stars are trotted out as an eye candy bonus on sitcoms all across the airwaves. Every network plays the familiar game of celebrity bingo during sweeps, and ratings are used to help set advertising rates. But nowhere has the cameo caper been milked for nuttier excess then tonight's episode of CBS's George and Leo, airing at 9 p.m. instead of its usual 9.30 time slot. 
This is the mother of all stunt casting episodes, boasts a CBS spokeswoman. In fact, George and Leo co-stars Bob Newhart and Judd Hirsch share space tonight on Martha's Vineyard with 20 familiar faces from their old 70s and 80s series, The Bob Newhart Show, Newhart, Taxi, and Dear John. I like all those shows. Well, 20 people that were on those shows with them are going to be on this fucking Do they not have lives? Like, what the fuck? I call it the son of the final episode of Newhart. Jokes, Newhart. Really? Okay. I mean, that like, please don't fucking ruin what was the greatest uh, ending episode in, in sitcom history, maybe in television history, with this fucking shit. Tell them how much you love. I love it. The finale. It's great. I just did. It was fun. <laughs> if you don't know what it is, get an encyclopedia. It was fun. <laughs> it was very nostalgic, and it took a long time to get uh, it done because everybody was busy sharing memories and laughing. Anyway, uh, the lineup of the former cast members includes various shows that includes, among others, New Heart regulars Peter Scolari, Julia Duffy, and Tom Poston, Taxi Cabbies, Jeff Conway, and Mary Lou Henner, Dear John's uh, Harry Groner, Jane Carr, and Billy Bird, and Peter Bonares, uh, Marsha Wallace, and Bill Daly from the Bob Newhart Show. Marsha Wallace and Bill Daly are awesome. Anyway, um, so yeah, what do you think about that? They they do this kind of stunt casting all the time. I've never even watched George and Leo. I think it's weird that Bob Newhart's in a show where his like it's not the show's not called some variation on his name. <laughs> like this show should be called Bob, right? Right. No, I don't. Because he know. had the Bob Newhart show, then he had Newhart. Next is Bob, and then whatever his fucking middle name is, the Bob Elias Newhart show. Again, like I'm not familiar with this fucking show, so. I've never seen the show, but I'm sure that George is Bob Newhart and Leo is uh, Judd Hirsch. Why? Because Judd Hirsch is Jewish and looks Jewish, and Leo is a Jewish name. Interesting. Don't you think? I guess. I, I don't. I can't picture him because you know how I am. I can't know who You remember Dear are. John? He was the star of Dear John. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess he looks Jewish. Well, he is. <laughs> Whether or not he looks it, he is. In fact, Jewish. Should we check out the show, George and Leo? I don't know, honey. I'm scared. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. As much of a grandpa as I am, like, I'm pretty sure that um, Bob Newhart, aside from, you know, like, guest starring on some stuff, is probably done Okay, his sitcom days. He's quite an old man. Who knows how much time he's got left on this earth? Wow, that's dark. What? I'm sure he'd love to hear you say that. I'm just, yeah, I'm sure he would. Come on the show, Bob. <laughs> we all know you're scared. <laughs> Jesus. I'm not saying it to him. Bob Newhart will never, ever pick up one of these tapes and listen to it. You don't know. It okay. could happen. I mean, I never thought, you know. People in uh, fucking uh, other countries, I can't think of a single other country right now, wow. would pick up our shit. It's like one of those things when they so, have. It's like one of those things where someone says, someone's talking about the Goonies, and they're like, hey, think of a movie. 
can't think of any other movie than the Goonies. <laughs> and then you can't. But I can think of another movie, Carol. Hmm. It's the movie we saw. Ugh. Starship Troopers. Yuck. You know what? That's why I had nightmares. <laughs> Just thinking about it. Like, I knew I had nightmares. Last night, I never remember my dreams, but I knew I had nightmares. Yeah. I bet I dreamt about fucking giant bugs. Ugh. I had a dream last night. Worst. Did you? Yeah, you were in it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. All right. Somebody else is in it, too. Was there a giant bug? Nope. Good. <laughs> Very good. Wait. Ooh. Wait. Was it um was it um the hot girl from the movie? Uh no, it wasn't the hot girl from the movie. It was a generic hot girl, but not the hot girl from the movie. Aw. That's no fun. <laughs> Let's say it was. <laughs> the hot girl from the movie you're talking about, Starship Troopers, is newcomer uh Denise Richards. Yeah. I believe that's how she pronounces her name. She's hot. D nice. Uh, yeah, she is extremely hot. Like, I understand why there were boys fighting over her. Yeah, there were. I would fight over her. Would you? <laughs> I would. Okay. Well, Denise Richards, don't come on the show, or it'll cause a fight between me and Carol, apparently. Because I'll fight you for her? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You said you'd fight for her. So I'm not sure where we're going with this. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Giant Bugs, Starship Troopers. Carol, so this movie is uh, marketed as the the most exciting action movie of the year. Sure. Do you think that's fair? Sure. Okay. I don't really remember seeing any other great action movies. Do you think that's Do you think that's a good way to describe this movie? I think it's more of like a sci fi horror than an action movie. Okay. And I mean, it's definitely a horror movie to me. Yes. What? I'm just so happy <laughs> the entire movie flew right over your head. You, you hate it. Wow. You hate it. And you didn't. Wow. Get, you're such an asshole. You hate it. and You didn't get any of it. And now I'm going to talk about it. And you're going to be like, well, maybe it's okay. Fuck you. <laughs> He's all gleeful about me being stupid. I'm not saying you're stupid, but I'm saying. Okay. So it, it helps that I know Paul Verhoeven a little better than you. I've talked to him on the phone. Have you? No. Um, we, although we did read that one thing where, the, remember the scene where they're all taking a shower? All the, the soldiers are there taking a shower and mm-hmm. they're all naked and stuff and it's men and women and they're together. Yeah. We read that story about how the one of the extras was like, I don't want to do this. And why don't you take off your clothes? So Paul Verhoeven did. <laughs> that is funny. Um. Was but, it was it the other hot girl? Because there were two hot girls in this movie. You think so? Oh yeah, yeah. From now to a no, uh, yeah, the, the one other, that was sleeping with Dylan. Dina, no, she wasn't sleeping with Dylan. She was she sleep, wanted or Brandon. She wanted to sleep with Brandon. Yeah. She was married to that professor. Yeah, yeah. She's she's good looking. No, I think she's almost as good looking as Denise Richards, just oh, not quite. You're insane. But her boobs are weird. Like we got really good view of her boobs, yeah. and her nipples look messed up. Maybe she's had a child. I think she must have. They're really creepy looking. Maybe Brandon was chewing. <laughs> Ew. No. Um, so I don't know exactly how I want to start this, given the fact. So you hate this movie, right? Pretty much. And I loved it. So fucked up. <clears throat> the main story <clears throat> of the movie. This is based on uh, a, a short story by Robert Heinlein. 
also called Starship Troopers. 1959, I believe. And that's the thing I was saying is I'm fairly familiar with Paul Verhoeven having watched RoboCop. And RoboCop's one of those things where you first watch it and you're like, oh, it's, you know, it's like an action movie or whatever. It's a satire. It's a satire against commercialism and capitalism and stuff like privatization, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> this is also a satire. Our heroes, you know, Casper Van Dien, also from 90210. They just raided 90210, by the yeah, way. Yeah, oh, yeah. So in this movie is Denise Richards, hot, hot girl. Uh, Dina, I can't remember her last name, but from 90210. Casper Van Dien, who called, uh, what's her name, a bitch, I think. What was her name? What's her name on the show? I don't know. You know, Tori Spelling. Oh, okay. Donna. Yeah, Donna. And then Doogie Hauser is in this. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, yes. Um. Anyway, our heroes, they're Nazis. They are Nazis. Oh. And they started this war. They went and colonized this area that, were, that was already colonized by uh, these intelligent bugs. They forced their way in. And started this war. At one point, they say that they can... The the the, the movie, kind of like how uh, RoboCop is interspersed with commercials. This movie is interspersed with someone on a computer clicking different links right. to either commercials or they're propaganda films, Okay, essentially. They are very much styled after World War II propaganda films. Um, they say... There's a bunch of asteroids around their planet, and they can fire them at Earth. But only one we ever see hitting Earth. And how do we know that came from them? There is no evidence that came from them. And if they were able to accurately target Earth with asteroids when we're invading their homeworld and stuff like that, don't you think they would? Mm-hmm. With more than one? <clears throat> yeah, I guess that's true. If they have an unlimited supply, <clears throat> as the movie claims... I think that was a lie cooked up by by uh, the government to help us hate the bugs even more. This movie takes rich boy Casper Van Dien and takes him through the indoctrination process all the way to fascist at the end, where all he cares about is killing bugs. He is completely mindless, and and everyone else is also just a smiling psychopath. These are bad people. They talk about, they at the end, they capture this brain bug, and they're like, it's afraid, and they're all cheering at the fact that this thing is afraid of them. This thing they have captured. They're fucking monsters. Every character in this movie is a monster. They, it starts in school, where they're being instructed by veterans of some other war, probably some other civilization they fucking overwhelmed and took over and you can tell that all the teachers are veterans of this war because they're all injured in some grievous way right this like history or civics teacher or whatever is missing an arm uh it's um irons uh i can't remember his michael ironside i think that's his name he's uh um excellent actor uh rue mcclanahan i don't know if you from golden girls i don't know if you recognized her Mm -mm. she was the blind science teacher when they were ripping apart a bug okay Ugh. Yeah, she, and she's blind. And every adult that served in this has some sort of weird, grievous injury. Um, but that's what this movie's about. This movie is a very clear anti-fascist movie. 
a warning about how fascism can at any time rear its head and look be cloaked in whatever the because they look their uniforms like when Neil Patrick Harris Neil Patrick Harris is psychic they don't fully explain it but uh, in this world they some people have tapped into psychic abilities that's how he's able to tell that this bug is afraid because of that he goes into I, th- I think they call it games and theory or something like that. Okay. I don't remember what they called it, what division they, they called it. It sounded like a fun, happy thing. But it's it's fucking psychological warfare. It's like, it's really messed up shit. And when he comes back and he's a colonel, he look he is dressed like a Nazi high command. Hmm. And that's 100% uh, on purpose. This dude is from Buenos Aires. Our, most of our heroes come from Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires famously was a haven for Nazis after, oh, I didn't after know World that. War II. Okay, that's interesting. So there, there's a ton of Nazi iconography in this movie. They're, they're Terran because in this movie, all of uh, Earth is under one rule. And they call it, um, they call it the Federation, I think is what they refer to it as. But their symbol is is uh, like uh, half of an eagle and stuff like that. And if you look at it very closely, it looks like the Nazi. the Not the Nazi symbol, but it looks like the... If you've ever seen uh, a picture of like the Bergenstrasse getting bombed, that e- eagle in the iron cross like on top of the building, it looks a lot like that, mm. which is an, another Nazi symbol. Not as well known as the swastika, but... Still a Nazi symbol, a, a German symbol that was co-opted by Nazis. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's what happens. They they start out as impressionable kids. They're indoctrinated by their teachers. They want to go into service, and the only way to be able to vote, the only way to ha- like you know have certain freedoms is to be a citizen, and the only way you can be a citizen is to serve in this in this army. Their entire society revolves around military service and and military missions. So, and you would assume their economy is the same way. Their economy is built upon this military industrial complex. Therefore, they need to continue to create enemies. Hmm. They're not fighting on Earth because we're united now on Earth. So, they need to create more enemies to fight across the galaxy. Wow. Yes. So, what about his parents? Like, his parents didn't want him to join the service. His parents obviously didn't join the service either. And they were rich and stuff. Yeah, his parents were... So, I assume that this is uh, kind of equating to... I mean, we just saw the movie. So, I haven't had time to wrap my brain around everything that we saw. But I assume that, that they're sort of like... They're the hippie parents, you know, the anti-war hippie parents that sold out and got rich, became yuppies. Uh-huh. And they don't want him to go into that lifestyle. The dad was adamantly against it. Right. You can obviously still have a good life by not, be, not being a citizen, but you have no control. If you have no vote, you have no control over what happens or the direction the, your world or country is taking. I know somebody said it was um, they wanted to have a family and it was easier to get a license. Yes. So I thought that was weird. But That's an, another thing that they're slipping in there, a eugenics type thing. 
where only people willing to serve in in the military, only people willing to do that are having kids. That's really messed up. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so the bugs are supposed to be the people that the Nazis were slaughtering. Yeah, the, the bugs are the Jews. Bugs, bugs are the Jews or allied troops or whatever. The bugs are the good guys. They're defending their land against foreign invaders. But, okay, then if that was the point they wanted to make, why make them bugs? Exactly for that reason. They made, they chose, I mean, think about Casper Van Dien. The perfect fucking Aryan, blonde hair, blue eyes, chiseled jaw, Denise Richards, as we've talked about, gorgeous. Neil Patrick Harris, you know, he had, like, he... He's got blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah, and, and what's funny is, I didn't, like, I've thought of him as Doogie Hauser basically, exclusively, because I haven't really seen him do anything outside of that. He plays a kind of swarmy but likable asshole really well. I think, uh, you know, he could get cast as something like that in the future. Maybe. But, you know, they're all pretty, right? And in the book, see, the way that Robert Heinlein uh, achieved this in the book is the dude's from Argentina. He's actually of Filipino descent, but he has a Caucasian name, Johnny. Johnny Rico, that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. He, because Heinlein wanted the reader, who he knew would be mostly Caucasian Americans, to identify with him. It's not until the end of the book it's revealed that he's Filipino. Uh, the, these people are all pretty, and their friendship seems genuine. Uh, Verhoeven really goes out of his way to showcase their camaraderie and, and really get us on his side to make this fascism as alluring as possible, and to make the other side as disgusting as he possibly can. Because we're seeing these bugs from the eyes of the Nazis seeing the Jews. So they're disgusting. And, you know, it's really flipping things. So you have to, like, really... It would be... It's to show how easy it can be to fall into fascism and how we have to be very watchful for it. This is the epitome of uh, the villain doesn't just twirl a mustache, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know what I mean? Right. Because anybody would look at, you know, Casper Van Dien and Denise Richards and, and Diz and, and Neil Patrick Harris and be like, yeah, I want to be friends with them. I want to hang out with them, you know? And we see Casper Van Dien playing football. It's to- a, a hugely violent version of football. Right. And it's like this society is built on a cornerstone of violence. That is the central tenet of this society. But yeah, they they gloss over the fact that there was a colony that invaded into known occupied space, this Mormon colony, and they were all killed, and then that started this war. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, that's... I I, I think this is... And I think... um, I think that marketing this as an action movie is horrible. This is, th- these are uh, studio executives not understanding the genius of Paul Verhoeven and what he's trying to do. This is one of the best satires since Dr. Strangelove. I mean, it, it's, it's fantastic and, and prescient. Like, I think that it's something we all, I mean, obviously there's not fascism in America now. Nazis aren't, you know, storming down the streets of, of America. People aren't, in support of Nazism or anything like that. And 
people that have those kind of viewpoints aren't given public platforms or anything like right. that. So it's not anything we have to worry about right now, but we need to keep that in mind, you know. Okay, so who were the Mormons supposed to be? I don't know. That's, okay. I haven't I haven't thought I like I said, I haven't thought super deeply about it yet. Um because we just watched it, but um I think that's just an inciting incident. I don't know if that I don't know if that has a a perfect correlation to World War Two, that kind of fascism. So I understand that this knowledge is supposed to make me now feel like sympathetic towards the bugs, but I, I don't. And like that's hard. Sam, that's the thing. If you thought the Jews were filthy and disgusting, it'd be hard to feel sympathy for them, wouldn't it? The 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 brain bug at the end, like, was sucking their brain out. Yeah, that's awful and disgusting. And like, I don't care if it was scared; it should have been scared. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> wow. Even with all that knowledge, you're still on the side of the fascists. No, I'm on the side of the exterminators of bugs and ugh. <laughs> So you're on the side of the people running the concentration camps. Then. No, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, okay, it's sometimes Native bugs. sometimes Native Americans scalped, uh, you know, English settlers a brutal and horrible death. Where they cut open their heads, you know, their brains would spill out and all that stuff, right? Just awful. But a lot of times they did it in defense of their land and their lives because they were getting slaughtered by the thousands and their women were being raped and stuff like that. These bugs are being fucking exterminated. So I can forgive a brain bug from, you know, sucking brains out. He was sucking brains out, or, or she or it or whatever, to try to understand their enemy so they could survive. I mean, they're getting bombed to shit, you know? Like, I'm not saying, and, and you know, and, and that's the thing is I'm not saying, like, oh, I'm 100% of the bug side or whatever. I'm telling you what what it is. Huh? I'm telling you what the satire is. I don't, I, the violence should just stop. There shouldn't be violence. At one point, a reporter says, a reporter gives us another little hint before he's killed by a bug. He says to Casper Van Dien, uh, some uh, some people say that, uh, you know, we've been aggressive in this war or whatever, and that uh, we should look for a, a cohabitation, like a peaceful cohabitation. And he's like, yeah, I'm from Buenos Aires, and they fucking killed Buenos Aires. And then, like, He's like, oh, only good bug's a dead bug or whatever. There's a lot of that. Hmm. There's a lot of very subtle kind of, uh, you know, that it's, that they're, they're Nazis. But, you know, as the stupid audience member I am. Um, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying you're dumb. It's not, like, it takes, you know, you gotta, like, I have a lot of prior knowledge that you don't have watching this movie. I read Starship Troopers by Robert Heinlein. You know, and and thought about it for a long time. I've seen other Paul Verhoeven movies, and I know the kind of satire that he likes to employ. So it's, you know, it's a little easier when you have that foreknowledge to see it. I'm just saying that it was, you know, that line that you're talking about at the time, like not knowing that was very understandable because they just killed his whole world, his whole family, and everything. And like, I mean, there was a lot of. But did they? Because he thinks they did. Yeah, he thinks they did, but who knows? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. See, they 
This they they manipulate him. We, we see a lot of this movie through Casper Van Dien's eyes, and he gets manipulated every step of the way. Yeah, that's true. And that's and, and it's just it's an indoctrination film, going from a student to, and that like he rises up the ranks so fast because people get getting killed, keep getting killed, mm-hmm. and you know, and all like and that's the thing too. He's so easily brainwashed. He he has such a weak mind. He he is fucking in love with Denise Richards' character, which you know who can blame him, like we said, right? And they are dating and everything. They have sex before they go off to, which unfortunately we don't get to see. I'll never forgive you, Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> uh, and then because we get to see so much other sex in this movie, but yeah. not, not that. But anyway, so uh, before they they become citizens, you know, they they pledge themselves to this fucking army. By the way, I don't know if you noticed, uh, they have to serve a minimum of two years, and then as much as uh, the they the, say they the mean federation it, yeah. need. So it's like could be for the rest of your life. You have yeah, no you have no, no idea clue what you're signing up for. Yeah, that's awful. But anyway, so um, they have sex right before that, and the entire time Diz. Played by oh Dina Meyer, I think her name is. Okay. Yeah, from nine hundred two one zero. She is in love with him, right? And he continually resists it mm-hmm. throughout the entire movie. Then they have a mission, and they're all partying and stuff like that. Um, his Michael Ironsides, his uh, his lieutenant, uh, is there and everything. And Dina comes up and she's like, "Hey, you want to dance?" He's like, "I don't do that anymore." He's just been promoted and stuff. He's like, do I need to pull rank on you? And she goes and dances with another private, right? And Michael Iron says, is like, hey, you know, you asked for my advice once. You want some more? And he says, sure. And he goes, never pass up a good thing. And he looks over at Dina Meyer and then he walks away. And then fucking immediately he goes over there and starts dancing with her. And then they go to have sex. Yeah. Like, you were, you were rejecting her this entire movie. And then this guy says one thing to you, and you're like, oh, I might as well fuck her then. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? This guy's mind is so impressionable. Yeah. That's why he becomes such a, a effective fascist. That makes sense. It's, it's like, I mean, it didn't really occur to me that it was anything other than him being like, yeah, I guess I should, because the other girl wasn't available to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's and was, hot. And was probably having sex with that other guy. I'm sure. Yeah, he hadn't seen her, her nipples yet, so he was like, yeah, she's... <laughs> Brandon hasn't gotten to him, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, no! Um, but then you notice at the beginning of the movie, uh, they are in school, and Denise Richards is between Neil Patrick Harris and Casper Van Dien. Their arms are around each other. We're always going to be friends, big smiles and stuff like that, right? At the end of the movie when they have the brain bug and Neil Patrick Harris is also on the planet, everyone else is dead. Mm-hmm. All our side characters, they go and have relationships with other people. Like I said, she was probably sleeping with her co-pilot guy. They never showed her anything like that, but there was definitely a romance and, oh, yeah. and something there. Um, he dies. Uh, Dina Meyer dies. Um, all his, like most of his fucking group dies. Right. And all of her, her captain and everything dies. She becomes a captain. They're all rising up in, in the ranks and stuff like that. And at the end, it's the three of them with their arms around each other together again. Mm-hmm. And it's to show 
where they started, where they're at now, and how far they've come. If you looked, if you sat side by side the picture of those smiling kids to these fucking murderers, it's horrifying. And that's, and the bugs aren't necessarily, like the bugs, like I said, you don't necessarily need to feel sympathy for the bugs, I don't think, or say like, hey, these are good bugs, (laughs) or whatever. But I think what needs to be acknowledged is that it's horrifying how easy it is to take kids and turn them into this. Okay. And I, I think it's a fantastic movie. I think it's one of the smartest movies I've seen. <laughs> you look on your face. So just think about how hot Denise Richards was. I'm just trying to. Here's the thing. I'm an intelligent person. Yes, I know. And I didn't get any of what you're talking about from watching this movie. Okay. You did because you went in with foreknowledge. Sure. So did the movie really succeed in getting its message across to the general population watching the movie? I think maybe not on the first viewing. Maybe not. And it's not doing well in the box office right now. Because it's gross. It's a gross movie. There is some body horror elements to it for sure. Some. Um, But like I said, maybe not on the first viewing. It might take multiple viewings. But I think the messages are pretty clearly there. They could easily be overlooked on the first or second viewing, but I think with subsequent viewings, it becomes very clear. Okay. That's what I think. I mean, I do definitely feel like I want to watch it again now that I understand. I'll watch whatever Denise Richards' next movie is. <laughs> um, Who do you think's hotter, her or uh, the woman from Fool's Russian, Selma, Selma Hayek? Oh, gosh, that uh, Selma Hayek, for sure. It's close, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Denise Richards is super hot, but Selma Hayek's... Yeah. I, I don't think there's anybody hotter. What well, do you think? I think you're right, but I think it's close. Okay. I might think it's closer than you think. Maybe. She reminds me a lot of, like, Demi Moore. Uh, you know, like when she was younger. Hmm. Demi Moore was younger. But maybe hotter than Demi Moore when she was younger. Interesting. Yeah. What do you think? I, I mean, I don't think Demi Moore is quite as hot as her. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it goes Selma Hayek, Denise Richards, then Demi Moore. There you go. If you wanted to know the order, that's it. <laughs> um, But that's pretty much all I have to say about the movie. I loved it from beginning to end. I hated it from beginning to end, aside from Denise Richards and the other kind of hot one. Yeah. Dina Meyer. Yeah. Except for her nipples. <laughs> Well, that is the episode, Carol. Why don't you tell people uh, where they can see your nipples? I mean, where they can, <laughs> where they can uh, uh, do whatever. You can write us at latefee1994aol.com, but I will not send you my nipples. Nope. Um, you can check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. No nipples on there either, though. No. <laughs> and please share the tapes with your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.